so much for listening to Uplifting Impact. I have a special opportunity for you. For everybody who is a listener, we are going to be hosting a wonderful How to Be an Ally Summit. It is a virtual summit. And for those of you who are our listeners, we know that you're already on your allyship journey. But if you're ready to go deeper, to learn more, to put some more tools into your toolbox, we'd love to have you join us. The summit is going to be hosted February 1st through the 3rd, 2021. So go ahead, get your tickets ticket and make sure that you get a ticket, not just for yourself, but get a ticket for somebody in your family, get a ticket for the people that are on your team. Let's go ahead and figure out how we can move further, faster, and together. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Uplifting Impact. Really excited to be here today with Melinda Brianna Epler. She has got one of the most amazing backgrounds. She's done so many cool things. I could only pull out a few of them. But Melinda, if you haven't already seen her TED Talk, make sure that you go to it because she has a fantastic TED Talk. She also speaks and mentors and writes about diversity and inclusion, and she's really been focused on the ideas of innovation, entrepreneurship, and also investing, but really doing that through a diversity, equity, and inclusion lens. She's the host of the popular Leading with Empathy and Allyship podcast and has spoken on hundreds of stages all over the world. I'm going to totally blow your minds right now because I'm going to tell you some of these stages. She's been on South by Southwest, Grace um, Hopper, Wisdom 2.0, the World Bank, you know, just because, um, the Obama White House, the Clinton Foundation, Black Enterprise, Google, Indeed, Capital One, McKinsey. I'm sure this list goes on and on and on. And today, she is on Uplifting Impact. We're so happy to have you with us, Melinda. Awesome. Thanks. I uh, appreciate it. I'm excited to be here. <laughs> Fantastic. So I think it would be helpful for people just to understand like how you got into this work and, and why you do this work. Oh, well, um, okay. I have a short story to long story, but <laughs> I'll try to, try to keep it somewhere in between. My my whole my whole life I've been focused on social and environmental impact and and uh, started out as a documentary filmmaker and was a documentary filmmaker for about ten years and then um, started using the storytelling and behavior change those pieces of my work in documentary filmmaking but use them in the corporate and NGO setting so um, helping create behavior change campaigns organizational change through behavior change and storytelling, behavior science and storytelling, and made my way eventually to be an executive. Um, so as an executive in an international engineering firm, brought me to San Francisco and was doing some amazing work in the healthcare industry around uh, reducing energy waste and water consumption and some of the nation's largest healthcare systems and uh, really creating social impact, uh, positive social impact in that way. And I was also in one of the worst professional experiences of my life. I, it took me a while to kind of realize what was happening and started to realize that it was the culture and that um, women and underrepresented minorities in that culture were not, um, it, it was just not set up for us. And um, so we had high turnover rates and low engagement numbers and realized I, you know, I, created some change in that company and I'm kind of 
realized I had a bigger impact I wanted to make in the tech industry. So I um, hired people to kind of continue that work on in that company and then left to found Change Catalyst with my husband, Wayne. And we work on diversity, equity, and inclusion in the tech industry. Kind of how I got here. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Well, thank you for sharing that too. I think a lot of times, you know, when I talk to leaders who are in this space, one of the big things that they talk about is what their own personal journey has looked like in coming into this work. And I think a lot of times we um, skip over that, but I think it's so important because it's that piece of it, right? Like the understanding and real recognition. One of the things that I think you had said it much more eloquently than I'm going to say now is you realize it's not, it's not me, it's you, right? Like that, <laughs> that moment, <laughs> right? When you yeah. have that moment and then you also decide it's not me, it's you, but I also want to help you. Like I, I would really mm-hmm. like to do something to make some change. And so hearing how people get to that moment, because I think there's a lot of people who are listening to the podcast who are in that moment where it's like, wait a minute, I'm not the only one who feels like this. And I see this happening. I'm not really necessarily trying to leave, but I'm trying to make change. Mm-hmm. I want to be able to bring other people along with me. So that brings me actually to my, to my next question. So when, when people are in that spot, so when they're like, it's not me, it's you, right? And they're, but they want to stay and they want to figure out what they can do. What are some things that you might suggest for people who are, who are in that moment? Well, I think it really depends on what your job role is and your, your power within the organization. There's some some things that you can do to kind of advocate for yourself. I would start there um, in recognizing how how you might be impacted by a culture that isn't really working. You know, it wasn't really developed for you. Um, kind of understanding microaggressions and how those might be impacting you, and um, the systemic inequities and how they might be impacting you. Because the reality is, there's some there's some things that uh, we all, most of us who kind of face these barriers regularly go through from imposter syndrome, that feeling that like, I don't have the expertise that, you know, to be here and I, you know, I'm a fraud for being here or whatever. And, and so if you, if you ever have those feelings, recognize that it's not, might not be you, you might have that experience. You probably do have that experience. I'm sure you have that experience. And, (laughs) it's a, it's a symptom of, you know, the, the barriers that we're coming up against. And, and so once we kind of realize that those barriers are there and how they might be affecting us on an individual level, we can start to work on our own reaction to them. Um, And that can make a big difference. So I would start there is that, you know, it's not our problem. It's not that we cause this problem and Sometimes the best thing you can do for yourself is recognize how that problem is impacting you and work to have it impact you less. So, you know, building up your confidence and really, uh, really, I mean, I, for me, it was really just even understanding that stuff was out there and, and recognizing when it's happening and, and recognizing, you know, that my brain is shutting, literally shutting down with these constant microaggressions and figuring out ways to get out from under it. I love that you started there. And I think one of the things that's interesting that we don't emphasize enough is that in those moments, it's also okay to get to a place where you decide this isn't for me. Like, you know, like, like this is not, I, I, is there sometimes where you're like, I'm in it, I'm going to do it. I'm going to try and, you know, effectuate some change. And there's some other times you're like, no, I'm going to need to step away and just take care of myself because I don't, I don't have that strength that I need to be able to carry it. And I I think that's just Mm -hmm. a really important, like, first step and, and reckoning, like 
can I handle the work of the diversity, equity, inclusion work that I might be considering? Probably not if you haven't gotten to a place where you're really comfortable with how you're managing your own self and your own kind of interactions with the space. That's huge. Yeah. And if you're working on diversity and inclusion work on top of being um, from an underrepresented background, the possibility of you being tokenized in that position, because often, you know, it is people from underrepresented backgrounds, usually black women in those roles. And so, you know, that is a, um, and, and often it's be because the company realizes they have a diversity issue and all of that together, right, means that there's a lot you're going through and you have to decide if, if you want to keep pushing through or, or not. And, and, and so part of it is, yeah, our own, our own work that we can do. And, um, and then the next step is understanding the power that you have and what you can do within that power. Um, yeah. And that, that could be working to get leadership to a place where they really believe in this work and really can champion this work um, because it really does have to, the, um, the accountability, the strategy and accountability really does have to come down from leadership if they're not bought in. It's really tough to create the change that you want to see. And that could mean, you know, just being, uh, building trust with the executive team and, and, and finding out what it is that they connect with. There's, everybody has their own kind of in into diversity, equity, and inclusion. Sometimes it's data and the business case. Sometimes it's a daughter, a uh, partner, uh, a colleague that has really kind of given them that aha moment. Sometimes it's just because of the systemic inequities that they're seeing more and more now. There's a lot of new awakenings happening. And so whatever that is, kind of um, grab onto that and let that be their entry point and kind of bring them into this and make sure that they are bought in and the one really championing it um, and being, being there for you so that you can really do your work well. You know, we have a couple of people who have talked about too how to navigate to that because there are techniques that you can use to build up that trust and kind of mm-hmm. One of the things that you've done incredibly well, like you've mastered, is being able to bring people from within your industry together. And so having that focus on tech and really supporting that. And we have people who are on, who listen to the podcast who literally come from every industry you could imagine. And so there's somebody on the podcast who's like, you know what? I feel like this conversation is missing at the industry level. Are there lessons that you've learned in kind of pulling all those different industries together that you think other people might be able to deploy in their specific industry? Mm, yeah, I do. One big lesson is that you have to get the media involved. Mm. That external pressure in for an industry is, is really important. And the tech industry, the, the media has kind of ebbed and flowed in terms of kind of holding a holding tech accountable for diversity, equity, inclusion over time. And as it ebbs and flows, so does do the budgets around DNI, right? And so does the, the, the real deep work. And so the more you can get media involved and really telling that story to an external audience and to the customers of the companies within that industry, the better. Um, for sure. And, and whatever you can do to support that media as well, you can bring them to your, to, I mean, we, we've had lots of, lots of writers and journal journalists to our events so that they can understand what's happening in the industry. And also, so they can be a part of it. Um, yeah. Because that's, that's, that storytelling element is so important. And then bring leadership. Um, you know, the first year we did our tech inclusion conference, it was really tough to 
get leaders to come and talk about diversity and inclusion. But we worked really hard at it. In the second year, we had multiple CEOs come talk about diversity and inclusion on a stage. And that does a few things, executives just in general, and as well as CEOs. And um, it does a few things. One is it means that they are forced to kind of think about it ahead of time and think about what their companies are doing ahead of time. And it puts gets them new wheels turning. Right. They've never that maybe haven't been turning so deeply before. And there's a there's a pressure of being on stage and having to talk about it. And um, so that can make a big difference in and of itself. We, we've, the other piece is to meet them where they are. So we also decided in our first conference, we realized so many companies were blaming the problem of diversity on lack of diversity, the problem of lack of diversity on the, the pipeline. Yeah. And we're like, uh, no. Yeah, sure, there's not enough underrepresented people in the pipeline, but you're not even hiring the percentage that's coming out of the pipeline. So uh, we'll just bring that pipeline to you through yeah. a career fair. You know, we didn't plan on doing a career fair in the beginning, but but even that career fair has created change because once recruiters come, they have to start thinking about what are they doing around diversity and inclusion. And then the wheels turn in a different way. They see candidates that are high quality candidates and their assumptions are kind of broken down. And, um, you know, so really thinking about where people are and bringing those, those, the leadership to the table to really talk about what they're doing. And then sometimes bringing them back, like we've brought leaders back multiple yeah. years to say, okay, okay, we're checking in with you. What's, what's <laughs> happening now? Yeah, what did you do over the last year? Oh, that's yeah. kind of a spicy way to do it too. That's great. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting because you've talked about like the power of storytelling, but then also the power of giving people experience, right? Mm-hmm. And giving people like elevating the conversation by using yeah. your platform, right? So yeah. if all of a sudden it's yeah. like everybody in your industry is going to be there and they mm-hmm. all are going to have, so you're almost doing like this positive peer pressure towards mm-hmm. getting people to come to terms with, or at least express in a, in a, and saying, Hey, and by the way, we're going to have media there, which is going to mm-hmm. now be part of your storytelling kind of ups it up. Yeah. too. That's- yeah. yeah. And one of the things we did too, is when we put those CEOs on stage, we put them on stage with their, their leaders and DNI whether that was a CDO or, or that was a, a manager or director, uh, we put them on stage together. Uh, that, that kind of elevation it was super important to us to say, okay, you know, it's not just the CEO doing this, it's the DNI person and they are at the same level when they're talking about this and working together. And how are they doing that? Really ex- exploring and investigating that. And then the last thing I would say is that, you know, when you when you convene voices around diversity, equity, and inclusion, you really need to think about that representation. And we have spent many, 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 many long hours making sure that we have representative voices across race, ethnicity, gender, disability, sexual orientation, veterans, people who've been incarcerated, uh, really looking at a really wide age as well, religion, really looking at a wide range of diversity and making sure that we have diverse voices talking about. It's funny you say that. I actually went to a diversity conference and there was like zero diversity. And I was like, (laughs) yeah, I know, right? I have to like take a look around. And I wrote to their organizer and just said, I think this is something you should be really conscientious of, like as the only person of color at this pretty large conference and one of maybe 10 women, right? And, and, And the list goes on, like, 
you got to be careful, right? You can't try and convene people and say like, Hey, you should be doing these things differently. But as the convener, I am also perpetuating the same kinds of challenges. Like that doesn't make any sense either. Yeah. And also what happened to all the folks that are speaking at that conference and didn't realize that, like, are you you doing, like, you need to be responsible if you're saying yes to speaking at an event, especially on diversity, that that is diverse folks otherwise step down and allow somebody else to step up and, and, and do that. Yeah, no, that's amazing. So I have one other question because I, I know that there's people who are in particular kind of interested about what the next step is, right? So you've done all this work in the industry. We always are reading about the challenges and opportunities that exist in the tech world in this space. Mm-hmm. So there's still other plenty you know, of opportunities. What are some of the things that are rising to the top that you all are focusing on? Yeah, um, well, we are going to launch a new solution in January. So stay tuned for that. We have been really focused on allyship and building empathy and uh, over the last couple of years and, and really working with executives and leadership teams. And then with some companies, we're doing that training across the organization as well. Because I, I realized at a certain point and, and we as a, a team realized at a certain point that what we're doing is not enough. And you know, this this industry is focused on unconscious bias training and most industries are focused on unconscious bias training as kind of the answer. And it's not the answer. It, it hasn't it hasn't done uh, what people hoped and expected it to do. And what we need is action and we need individual actions over time. And um, I think right now there's a lot, a lot of people that really want to take action. They just don't know how. And yeah. so we've been working to give them that how, and that looks different from our, the leading with empathy and allyship podcast, um, which we do weekly to I'm writing a book on allyship that'll be coming out next year. And and doing a lot of executive and leadership training around empathy and allyship and kind of building and growing that across organizations. How do leaders do that effectively? Yeah. And new solution coming up soon. <laughs> I know everybody's going to want to know about this new solution, which is so <laughs> exciting. Um, so Melinda, like if people want to, want to stay tuned and they want to be able to see this, what's going to be amazing that you release out into the world as a solution, what, where do they go? What's the best way to stay connected to you? Yeah, I think uh, just changecatalyst.co, changecatalyst.co, and you can learn about all the things that we're doing. You can sign up for a newsletter. You can sign up to RSVP for a live event. We go record uh, our podcast live, so you can come live or you can catch it afterwards. You can also see a number of different solutions that we have there, changecatalyst.co. Yeah, fantastic. Fantastic. Well, that is so awesome. It was so fun to be able to spend some time with you here. So I just want to say thank you for all that you're doing, all that you're continuing to do, whatever this amazing solution is that's going to solve so many <laughs> Thank you in advance for that. We're excited <laughs> to see what it is. And I also want to say thank you to all of our listeners for joining us today. We really appreciate you being here with us on Uplifting Impact. We know that when we come together, that's where those solutions are born. When we think about what we can do with our power, when we think about what we can do in our industry, when we think about what we can do as individuals and taking care of ourselves, but then also thinking about how we push that out into our companies or the places or people that we care, that that's the kind of thing that changes the world. And so we're so excited that you're here with us, that we're able to 
be part of your journey and your learning process, please share the podcast with your friends and your family because, and, and your coworkers, right? Because the more people that we have engaged in this work, the more effective we can be together. So, so glad to have you here. Hope to see you or hear you, listen to you, connect with you, whatever it is um, on the next, on the next podcast. And we'll be looking forward to it. Thanks again, Melinda. All right. Thanks. Bye. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.